When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Where do you see Ken Hinckley and the Port Adelaide Footy Club? So the story out today, he's right. entering his 11th year, mm. last year of a contract. Yeah. Played two prelims back-to-back and then missed altogether last right. year. Right. Like, he, didn't, he didn't lose a final. They missed the final. They missed the finals, yeah. yeah. And, and you can bang the table and go, oh, we're, you know, yeah. it was they a They were a good team. They were a really good team. They missed the finals. But though. they missed the finals, yeah. They got off to an awful start, though. Well, Remember their start last year? They lost the first five games. 100%. But they missed the finals. No, no I understand that, but... You got to you put things into perspective and say, okay, they missed they missed that. Okay, over the journey, they've been a pretty good team under Ken Hinckley, but he is in the final year of a contract. He's been there for eleven seasons. One would think that they have to make a prelim final, win a grand final for him to remain as the as the coach. And according to the age, he and David Kosh and the board mm. have all agreed that there will be no decision made one way or the other. Mm. There'll be no extension. There'll be no. Chopping off at the knees until August, until the end of the year. Do you believe that? Um, no, because there'll be pressure that will be applied from external. Sur- uh, doesn't matter, they say. He no, well, well you know, yeah, I know you're saying that, but we know that it does matter because everyone has the good intention of saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. But then when the pressure comes and uh, a side's not winning games and they're not meeting their expectations, the club and the board's expectations, then people make decisions and things change. We know that. They're doing the right thing now. They're saying the right things now. And it seems to be a really mature way that they're going about it. But all that can change if they start to fall off the cliff. What And what do you think would need to take place for Ken to get an extension beyond his 11th year? Uh, well, they'd need to perform really well. Like, they'd need to make a grand final, I so think. Grand final or bust? Well, I... You've got to take into consideration yeah, all the it's a, it's things that may happen during the course of the year. They may have a, a, a horrendous run with injury, all that sort Even of stuff. Even if they do, Tim. Even if they do. When you're in your 11th year, you need to be finishing prelim or better to, well, get, to you, go around again. I think. That would be my... Yeah, you're, you're saying that, but I'm saying that if they... And they do their due diligence, right? And they interview the... And they understand the way that the club's operating and they still believe in him as a coach and the players believe in him as mm-hmm. a coach and the football manager believes in him as a coach and the CEO does, they make that recommendation to the board. Then you can still stay on as coach even if he doesn't win well, the they flag. Don't, Only one team's going to win the flag. He, history says they don't. Well, you history... wouldn't be too many coaches go into their 12th year without a premiership at one club. No, that's true. That's true. But if they believe they still have a good coach, a strong coach – and somebody who is delivering the message and the message is getting through to the players and they perform and they finish in the top four, then... Top four, probably. There's no reason you have to sack him. No, but he'd have to be... You'd have to be right in contention for a premiership for him to go again. And this is not a knock on Ken. This is not saying Ken can't coach. But he's 11... Well, he's proven that he can. When you've been there for 11 years, you're next... And this is why they're not rushing to re-sign him, which I think is a great thing. And this Mm. is not... this. I think the club and the coach have both got the right attitude here. I think they've both arrived at the same point. We need to be we need to be damn close if not winning a premiership. Mm. We need to be absolutely close 
for us to re-enter because then it might be just the right time for Ken and Port to go. Yeah, no, that's true too. Which is absolutely fine. And he might be happy to move yeah, on too. Yeah, which is, I think, great. I think that, But I your think point that, about the pressure that will be applied is real. Well, I think this is what they're and saying. And things can change along the course of the year. Yeah, but in this article, I think this is, this, this is what I'm trying to get to. I think they, well, how would I know? I'm only reading from afar. But it would appear to me that they are both really comfortable with where they're at to say, right, we know where we need to be for mm. me to be a coach again. So yep. let's not, we don't have to revisit anything. No. Let's just wait till August. It might be as obvious as a nose on your face that we need to part because we're not contending or not close enough to contending. Or if we're in the top four, the top two, it looks like we're going to go again. Well, yeah, maybe. But I think it, I think they're both on exactly the same page, which I don't think's always been the case at Port. Well, today they are. Yeah, but there's not much can go wrong for them to be off the page. Tim. No, that's what I'm saying. Today they're on the same page, but yeah, but this in six in six months' time they may be on completely different pages. But right now they're handling this in a really mature way. No, no sorry, no. What am I? In six months' time. They'll still be on the same. This, this is where I'm getting at. I think they'll still be on the same page. It's a real easy page to stay on. No, you're saying that, but I'm saying this: that if if the if they were say two and eight, right after ten games, then he's gone. That's what that's what same I'm saying. Same page. No, no, they're, they're no longer on the same page no, at that stage. No, no he might on. get. No, no, he might get sacked at two and ten. But he would know that. So the, he would know exactly where he's going. So that same part, he's on the same page yeah, as them. Yeah, but aren't you saying that they're going to stick around with him until the end of the season? Yes, because it, it, it's, it's... And I'm saying, okay, right now they're saying that they're going to stick around with him at the end of the season. After their 2 and 10, they'll be saying to him, okay, we're just going to expediate that. We're not going to stick around to the end of the season. We're going to part ways now. Yeah. That changes. Well, well I think in this instance, wouldn't they say at their 2 and 10, they go, clearly, uh, Kenny, we're not going to reappoint you next year. So we want you to coach out at the end of the year and we're going to commence our search for our next coach immediately. But mm. you know that. There's no cloak and dagger behind the shelter. What, what do you say, <laughs> Yeah, okay. But this we saw this last year with uh, Leon Cameron. Like We thought that yes. they had a mature relationship, the yeah. club and Leon. Yeah. He was going to go to the end of the year and then they were going to make a decision. Well, what happened? Yeah, they stunk it up. Really. Exactly. And so they, I can see, you can see the same thing happening at Port if it went – yeah, right. But they'd still be on the same page. This is my point. If if, if he if he went after like you'd say Leon and the Giants were on the same page. The Giants said, "Look, Leon, this is not going to extend beyond next okay. year." And Leon said, "Yeah, you're dead right. So you want to go now? Yeah, let's go now." Okay, they're on the same page. <laughs> but I don't reckon it, anyway. Okay, the Brisbane- Port Adelaide haven't always been that in that sense. So I no. think they're in a great place as a club. They're very clear on what needs to happen for Kenny to coach beyond this year, and let's get into it. Okay. I want to ask you this question. What do you think Essendon should do about Dyson Heppel, right? So I thought Dyson Heppel was finished as captain. I thought that he actually said, okay, I'm moving on a skipper yep. and that they were going to find a replacement. Then last week, late last week, we learned that, okay, he's very much still in the frame. They had their team photo taken and he had he was positioned where the skipper normally sits in was the he? team photo. Yes. Was so he? Can are you now believing that Dyson Heppel will still be the captain of it? I saw an interview with Brad Scott, you, which you very generously left this question for others, um, where he said if he if he wants to be the captain, then he'll probably be the captain. That's what Brad Scott said. I th- I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Have we got that anyway? Well, he said that on Friday. Yeah. He, he didn't say exactly that. Didn't he? Am he I, no, am not exactly. He didn't say exactly what did that. He say? But he didn't rule him out being the captain. 
either. Did well, he not? I thought that Dyson, I don't know why I thought this, but I just assumed that Dyson had actually ruled himself out as being the captain. I did too. And I think, it, you know, like, he, he is a great clubman. I don't know whether you know much about Dyson Heppel, but uh, he wins the best clubman type awards year after year because he's very sensitive and very empathetic towards people, that type of thing, and he's love within the dressing room at Essen. Mm. Having watched him play, and this is purely on watching him play, mm. I would think he's reaching that period of his twilight of his career yeah. where he's not necessarily going to be a walk-up start certainty to be in the team. So that's why I thought that, okay, they were moving on and you know they're going to find another leader, whether it was going to be a singular leader or whether it was going to be dual captaincy, whatever it was going to be. Yep. I agreed. I thought that... I mean, you've watched him play. Yeah, no, I thought he's Do you time. think I've summarised that no, accurately yeah, or not? I do, I do, because there was a time where he didn't look like he's a walk-up start to be in their best 18. Right? Yeah, and, and it happens, look, it happens to everybody. Like, you does. get to a point in your career where you know, you're no longer one of the better players and uh, somebody else takes your place on the side. So that happens, but I don't know whether you can go into a season. I think you'd need to think long and hard about the fact if you're going to name your captain – they would they would have to be somebody that you consider is a walk up start to be playing when they're fit each and every week. Yeah. So Do you agree with that? Well, is that not Zach Merritt? Well, it could be Zach Merritt. It could be Mason Redmond. It's Zach Merritt. Who's considered a real leader as well. Well, like yeah, I wouldn't from the outside it would appear that Zach Merritt, who flirted with the leadership and then was bounced out and then went and did some work on himself, came back, played great footy, um, sort of get a better understanding of what leadership's all about, looks to me like he is the mm. nat- natural leader of, That's that, right. of that group. That's right. And you're, and now would be a great time with Ian Brad Scott. Yeah. And I, I, when, when I spoke to Brad, he didn't rule out the idea of having dual captains either. And I thought, well, maybe they don't see mm. somebody necessarily as having you know, all the – That's what that message would be sent if they go with dual captains. Yeah. But you know, clubs have done this successfully in the past as well. I mean, the Sydney Swans have, you know, they love it. Yeah, they've often had uh, dual captaincies. It's an interesting one. Um, Give us your thoughts on who should be the captain of the Essendon Football Club. City Power supplying powder homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. It's currently 13 degrees. We're heading for a hot one today, 32. I think it's three days in a row of the 30s. Um, Eddie Jones is the Wallabies coach. Looking forward to the whisk going head-to-head with Eddie and talking all things rugby. Rugby. Big World Cup coming up. It's a massive year. It's a massive year. We're off to South Africa, then Argentina, then we've got to go and play New Zealand, and then we've got to go to the World Cup in September in France. I asked for Brad Scott on his comments on Dyson Heppel, and uh, our man Brooksy has delivered. Oh, we've we've said all along that Dyson Heppel is our captain, um, and and that will remain... um, up until you know we go through our process, and you know I suspect that there's a, a strong likelihood that that'll still be the case. You know I, I couldn't be more impressed with Dyson Heppel. I've admired him from afar for a long period of time, uh, and he's led this club through quite a challenging period um, in his career. So he's been super impressive, and you know if he wants to continue as captain, then I suspect that's what'll happen. I knew I heard that. So that is as strong as endorsement as you're going to get. Mm, now, Dyson said, might turn around to say to Brad, nah, listen, I think my time's up, which yeah. is fine. But that's as strong an endorsement for a captain as you're likely to get without actually saying he's the man. Yeah. Well, at some point, though, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be honest about your own self and where you think you're at at your career and whether you're not that, whether or not you believe that 
A, you can fulfill your role in the team and then you can take on the added responsibility mm. of being the leader of the club as well. Yeah. And he's in obviously he's in the best position to evaluate that. Um, and we speak, you spoke about mul- the possibility of multiple captains. You did with him, is what he had to say on that. Uh, in, in a perfect world, but uh, in a scenario where you, know, you have very different styles of leadership that potentially complement each other, I, I think it can work. And you know, the Swans, for, for example, have shown that it can work. Um, but yeah, if, if, if pushed in one direction, yeah, I, I, I favour the, the standalone captain. Can I just say, when I interviewed him at no point, because we talked about this a bit, like it was more than one question I asked him about oh, leadership. No, I saw it. I saw you dominate the interview. Well, no, you didn't. I did. I saw it on the television. There was more shots of you than him. Clearly, we didn't use all of the vision or all of the audio from Brad. Yeah. But at no stage did he pull me up and say, look, we've got a captain. We've got Dyson Heppel. You know, he oh, is the man so that's going to- you're adding some, bi- some un- unseen context. Well, that's why I was so surprised to hear what he had to say oh, late last week. I think you're narky. You oh, no, 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 no. Don't even go down that track. Okay, don't go down that track. I know you're being <laughs> mischievous. I'm about to launch into a podcast with you after the show today. Well, we're going to talk about other stuff and more we'll detail that. about other stuff there. Yes, we can. Right. But at no stage did he say, look, we've got a captain oh. and uh, Dyson Heppel. Is the unless he comes to me and says he don't want to be the captain, he's going to be our captain. Breakfast with Gary and Tim. Uh, can I just say one thing about music, which I've left in your you and Brooksy look after the music in now, Brooksy's cobbable hands. Now I'm told this is Dwayne's music, the right. pipe. Well, we can't have it then. Well, why'd you put it on? I didn't put it on. Brooksy reckons I'm moving in another well made point, Dwayne. I'm <laughs> moving in another direction. Just quickly before we get to Eddie, and I know he's sitting there. Waiting and listening, She's but a national coach. You so. dropped your Dax during the break so that I could have a look at your spider bite, which is on your backside. Okay, I don't think it's anything that you need to worry about. Right? There's a little scab on it, so okay. something has bitten you. I would suggest it was a wasp. I'm about to speak to the coach of one of our national teams. He, he may have. He may have. He look, doesn't need to deal with that stuff like he this. He may have been bitten by a spider himself at some stage. Eddie Jones, the Wallabies coach, second time around, and it is a massive year for rugby in this country. We've got um, a huge calendar coming up: rugby oh. championship, Leslie Cup, and then the World Cup. And uh, well, our man is in charge of the Wallabies. He's been good enough to join us. G'day, Eddie. Hey, Tim and Gary. Great to talk to you. Uh, congratulations on yeah. the reappointment again. We're really excited. Um, was it something that you hoped would come around again? Uh, not really, mate. I sort of moved on. You know, when you have a bit of a divorce, you move on. You never think you're going to get married again. But, That's you know, true. when you get the opportunity to, to go to the, the, the top of the top of the tree, so to speak, uh, it's pretty hard to knock back, mate. So there was still an itch there, Eddie? Uh, well, you know, what happened, mate? I got sacked with England. Uh, I was sitting there. I'd organised to go to Japan for, for three months. And I'd been talking to uh, Rugby Australia about coming back in 2024. And then all of a sudden they said, no, we want you in 2023. Can you do it? Um, yeah, I thought about it pretty uh, carefully or as carefully as I could. And I thought, why not? You know, you got to take... Once the door opens, you've got to go through it. So, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Great, as you said, exciting year coming up. So we'll give it a, we'll give it a 12, mate. So Alistair Clarkson's uh, jumped back into coaching again. And um, 
the North Melbourne players were sitting there and, and wondering what they're going to get. So they rang a couple of the past players and said, what can we expect? And they got some pretty good advice. If, if the current Wallaby squad was to ring up past Wallaby players who played under you, under you and asked for advice, what sort of what can they expect over the next coming months? Uh, look, I think part of the team that, that helps resurrect Australian rugby. Um, yeah, and that's the opportunity we want to play. We want to play like an Australian side. We want to take it to the opposition. Uh, be a lot of hard work and, and a bit of fun along the way, mate. And was that always the case? I mean, when you first time first time round, I would imagine you. Well, everything I've read about you and your successes is you're pretty hard nosed and very demanding, which I really love that style of coaching. But will you be a little different? You think second time round? Well, I don't think the game always demands that, mate. Like the game, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's AFL, rugby league, or rugby union. You know, the the biggest moments in the, in the game demand the highest level of preparation. So your preparation needs to be demanding, but I think you know society's changed a lot. So you know, in a lot of ways, probably the big thing that's changed is you know, with most players now, instead of instead of you giving them the solution to the problem, you want them to own the problem and come up with their own solution, and you're guiding them more than than telling them. Uh, we're talking to Eddie Jones, the Wallabies coach. Are they more difficult to coach now, Eddie, than they were the players that you have at uh, your disposal, or is it easier understanding the modern day athlete? I think it's more labour intensive, mate. Uh, I think there's there's more need to connect people now. You've just got to look what's happened with with COVID and and with society general. You know. What do they say? People, are the, when they look up the, the internet, they spend the average time of 19 seconds. So it's a, fast, it's a faster <laughs> movement. And you've got to be prepared with the players to move quicker, uh, have more strings to your bow, so to speak. So, you know, like an old <coughs> team meeting 20 years ago, the coach would get up the front, have the whiteboard, you know, these are the three things, everyone right. You know, most people would nod, you know, 80% got it, 20% and ask the other 80%. But now you've got to be much more purposeful about connecting the connecting the players to start with, and then having a medium of of, of different mediums to, of which they learn. So it's much more labour intensive than it was. Eddie, where do you start with the national team when you take over as the new coach? Uh, well, it always comes down to players, mate. You know, uh, have we got the right right players? Have we got the right mix? Uh, and then, and then trying to get them on the same page, get them on the same page, get them to realise they've got to give a bit more than they've ever given because they've all got more to give. Uh, and then you've got a chance to do something special. Is it a clean slate for all those players that have previously been playing for Australia and the Wallabies? Yeah, well, I think selection's always, you know, there's a bit of history, you know, so players who've got a history of success definitely have a, a head start. But it also, you know, with a new coach coming in, it also opens up opportunities for players who thought maybe they were missed out and, and haven't been working as hard as they can to, to do a little bit more hard work and, and find a way to be a little bit better. What about the selling of this team, Eddie? There was a time when the Wallabies, if they weren't you know, the number one national team, they were certainly up there. They were well-recognised, enormously respected. And if we're, you know, we work in the sports industry and we're across most sportsmen, certainly not expert in the game of rugby, but it, it doesn't seem to be the familiarity or, or connection with this Wallaby group as it has been in the past. Is that an issue, do you think? Yeah, no, we definitely dropped off, mate. Yeah, you know, I came out with England last year and we 
we had our first test in Perth and uh, I spent a little bit of time with Justin Langer and one of the things he said, you know, you never hear about the Wallabies anymore. And, mm. yeah, so you hear about teams when they win. You hear about teams when they they do things good in the community. So we've got to do uh, a little bit of, of each, or a lot of winning and, and more in the community. And one of the things, you know, when we've got the Melbourne test, we'll definitely come down and spend the week in Melbourne, you know, so we connect with the people down there. Hey, it's a full calendar this year, South Africa, Argentina, um the Bledsloe Cup and then the World Cup. Do, do you prioritise that or do you just do you set about just creating a winning culture and you try and win everything? Uh, look, I think it's a bit like, you know, uh, being like Bart coming to the with the World Cup. You've got you to peak at the World Cup, but you've got to give the horse some confidence along the line. You know, if the horse is always trailing, but looking at bums the whole way, you know, they forget it. They, they don't know how to win. So we've got to learn how to win, play tough, but at the same time be, be peaking at the World Cup. MCG, in July, you're hoping to get 100,000, and that was your suggestion earlier, get down here, sell the game, sell it to the people. You think you can fill the stadium? Yeah, no, no doubt about it, mate. There'll be 100,000 there. Um, they'll be lining up down St Kilda to get in, mate. <laughs> well, when you do get here, we'd love to have you in yeah. the studio and have a chat with you. And um, we're, we're wrapped that you're back involved. And just, just one final question for me: Will Neil Craig will he be part of your staff, Eddie? Uh, if I can get him out of the suns, mate. Yeah, you know, he's, he's covering himself in suntan oil at the moment. <laughs> the on, so if I can get him back to reality, there might be a chance. Mate. Good, good luck. Good on you, Eddie. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, boys. Cheers, Hi, Eddie. Eddie Jones there. Um, I, I know she didn't pick him up on mating you. No, I've dropped that. Have you? I've dropped okay. that this year. I've, I've, people didn't understand my objection to the mating, so I've dropped There was it. a warmth. Right. There was a warmth in his mating, though, wasn't there? Oh, yes. For me, yeah. maybe if you... That yeah. wasn't mating us because he didn't know us no, our that, names. That's because the difference. Because when you go back to the very first time we welcomed him, yeah. what did he say? He said, good morning, Tim. Good morning, Gary. That's it. Tim first, then Gary second. But anyway, is he, I don't know enough about rugby. I don't know anything about rugby. Is he, um, but are you more confident with Eddie at the helm? Yes. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am too. Yeah, no, I've uh, I've watched and read a lot about Eddie over the years. Well, if you were, he's sixty two years of age, right? Yeah. Just a quick question for you: mm-hmm. If you were Eddie Jones and you were going into the locker room, you're going to be the national coach of the Wallabies, yep. and you're coaching young men, twenty in their mid, you know, low young twenties, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Would you be trying to find out a little bit more about pop culture and things like that, no. so that you could have that conversation with them in the dressing room? No. No, why? Because no. oh, I'd back in what I do know to be no. enough. Arrogant. There's a level of arrogance about that. A high level of arrogance. I might live to be 60s the way I feel at the moment with this nasty I'll suck bite. the poison out of that for you, okay. if you like. Breakfast with Gary and Tim. Oh, in the last hour, it's been a lot of fun this morning. Good to be back yep. on radio and reconnecting with everyone. The AFL season's not too far away. Yes, and uh, before we get to 30, I've got a big question for you too in questions without notice about somebody I have heard could possibly be the replacement on the couch for Nick Revolt. But before we get really? to that, yeah, okay, I did some research during the break because I knew we had Ned Reeves obviously coming up. Yes. And before we get to Ned, yes. on the 2nd of August, right, mm. this is – 2022, this is last year, 2nd of August. You yeah. said this, what? direct quote, Ned Reeves could be a top 25 player in the AFL. Did I? There you go. Where did I say that? I'm giving you some flowers. <laughs> well, 
for Hawthorne fans, they would hope he does because he's just signed a new three-year deal with the Hawks, committed till the end of 2026, which is uh, nice to lock away these talented youngsters. He's been good enough to join us. Ned, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks yep. for having me. Congratulations oh, yeah. on getting the bag, Ned. So how does this work? You sit down and negotiate over the dinner table with Dad? Uh, I wish. I wish it was that simple. Uh, probably would have made it easier. But, no, we we tend to kind of stick clear from each other a bit at work, actually. No, that makes sense. Good Your idea. old man, of course, is the CEO. Um, uh, this is big news. Um, Lloyd Meek has come over from the Fremantle Footy Club as well, so all of a sudden the Hawthorne Footy Club are really well served in the big man department. How, how do you think it's going to work with the two of you? Yes, I mean, so far we've gone against each other at training mostly, um, but and that's been it's been a really good little battle. Um, yeah, we're really hoping we're quite we're quite different um, in our strengths, so. I, yeah, I reckon we should work really well together. He's probably he's a bit more mobile, a bit more explosive around the ground, and I can try and use my height, especially in the centre bounces, and maybe be even a bit forward more. Hey, Ned, congratulations on the deal. You're 24 years of age. Um, you hurt your shoulder last year. You played 12 games last year. What what part of your game do you think you need to work on the most? Um, I think for me, last year, especially... We're, when we brought in Peter Burge this year as our um, as a new like strength and conditioning coach, um, I've had yeah, since the best preseason I've had, and feeling a lot fitter running wise, which has probably has been my weakness the last few years. Um, so I feel like I'm yeah, I've always got work to do, but I think I'm not going to be as limited by that part as I have been the last few years. So I'm really excited to actually yeah, be able to do a bit more and have a bit more impact around the ground with that. Everyone uh, gets hold of Intel in this game. Were you feeling that other Ruckman were testing you in that department when you were playing against them? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I definitely remember a few times where they almost they almost looked at me and just said, I've got you here. <laughs> um, and then there's not much you could do sometimes. You just had to try and wrestle them a bit and tie them out in other ways. But, yeah, I'm feeling confident in that. That won't really be an issue anymore. So, obviously... You know, you want to play and start and be the number one ruckman. Lloyd Meek would have the same sort of ambitions and competition's great. And we see it around the the league and most notably probably Gorn and Grundy now. Um, does yep. it mean that you've got to have the capacity to go forward and kick a goal? I think it does now, especially with most most teams probably playing two. Um, yeah, what will one of us has to be forward. You can't really be rotating off the bench using a one bench spot just for us. So, um, And I think, yeah, last year I probably got a, a lot of confidence out of the second half of the year going forward and um, being able to kick a few goals. And Mickey's done Mickey's done the same at Frio in his past year and a training already this season. Um, yeah, he's shown that he can do it. So, yeah, I think we should be able to work really well as a team. And then even at and other rucks, like Lynchy has been going really good forward this year as well. And even young Ramo has been kicking a few goals. So I think either, either way that it goes, that um, we should be right in that area. And the thing that really struck me watching you last year, throughout the year, was your, your actual um, ruck work. The palming of the ball was, I think, sublime at times and your connection with your midfield. Sam Mitchell was as good as anyone on, in reading ball off hands. Has he had a, a role to play in all of this? Yeah, um, Sam has some very strong feedback when it comes to how the midfielders want the ball, which is always good. Um, 
and yeah, we do a lot. We do a lot of work. So David Hale, having a ruckman as a midfield coach has been the best thing ever because ruckmen are clearly the smartest people on the team. So um, we do, yeah, we do a lot of work with touch and connection with the mids. Um, yeah, and that's something that I've always prided myself on was like hit out to advantage kind of percentage. Talking to Ned Rees, Hawks Ruckman just signed a new three-year deal, committed until the end of 2026 with the Hawks. Uh, he hasn't done you any favours, though, Sam Mitchell, from the outside. He's moved on Jay Gray Muir and Tommy Mitchell. What do you got left to hit the ball to? <laughs> uh, we've, got, we've got quite a few young players now. So I think, I think I'm almost the oldest in the midfield, which feels weird, except, except Carl, actually, has just come in. Um, but... Yeah, it's actually quite exciting. So, John Newcomb, my housemate, we've got a, we've got a pretty good connection. Um, and then, yeah, we've got like Warpy, we've got brought in Cooper Stevens, Josh Ward is killing it at the moment. Even our young draftee Cam McKenzie is flying. So, I mean, we've got a quite a good young talent, and I think we'll surprise a few people in there. Who of those names you mentioned? Who do you think is going to surprise people the most in twenty twenty three of those young midfielders? Um, I'm, I reckon. Of Warp. Warps obviously didn't have the year he wanted last year, but so far what I've seen, he's back to his best, and I think he can really get back to that 20, 2019 or twenty twenty Peter Crimmins form he had. Um, and then the other one, yeah, Cam McKenzie, our first our first pick in the draft last year, is is gone. Ned, you've uh, you got the bag, you got the three year deal, you got all this money now. What is it that you got your <laughs> eye on? What are you going to go out there and buy first? <laughs> Uh, well, hoping to buy a new a new three wood. Just bought a new set of clubs and forgot about it. So I needed to fill, I needed to fill that up. So where do we play golf? Oh, uh, not well. <laughs> um, just learning. I'm a bit tall. No, that'd be long clubs. That's for sure. Hey, um, I think it's a great uh, a great re-signing by the Hawks to be able to lock you away and Hawthorne supporters know that. They've got to be a little bit patient given uh, the way the rebuild's going, but uh, to have you there for the next three years is a great thing. So good on you, mate. Well done, and uh, let's hope you have a great year this year. Oh, thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me. It's big well done, Ned. Ned Reeves there from the Hawthorne Footy Club. Um, uh, Hawthorne supporters, I'm really interested in mm. their expectation for the year. Like It's almost like the, the media, us, are jamming down their throats that, well, it's going to be a tough year. It's going to be a rebuild year. It's going to mm. be. I don't reckon. I don't reckon Sam Mitchell's thinking that. Mm, no, it will. It does look like from the outside though that it is very much a reset rebuild, though, doesn't well, it? Well, I reckon when everyone does their predictions and all that sort of stuff, that they'll be in the bottom four of most. Yeah, I don't reckon that's the way they're thinking. No, but they'll be comp- Like he'll make them a competitive team because they'll be built in the image of the way that he played, and he well, was super competitive. Yeah. Give us your thoughts, Hawks fans, on what would be a pass mark for the year. Now, the music, which continues to be a point of contention, um, and you're the one who's in charge of it, Tony has come through. He says, boys, that song's terrible. The Red Hot Chili Peppers do not suit you at all. And then the very next message, love this music. Look, Lock it in for the opener. No, it's not locked in. It's not locked, locked in. in. We're trialling another uh, little uh, track Tomorrow, we're going to drop that tomorrow. Darren's on the road. He wants to talk about Eddie Jones. He was very impressed with the interview that we conducted. Good morning, Darren. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Gary. Welcome back. Thanks, Dazzler. Jeez, uh, are you guys semi-retired, Dan? Um, three days a week, three hours a day. That's 
I wish I could get those out. I know, I know, but Darren, you don't understand the like five, six, seven hours of research we do to put this show together every day. True, I wouldn't like to get up at that hour anyway. Listening to Eddie Jones just made me think about the coaches that we have on an international level um, and never really recognised at home before they get the lemon and staff and then sent overseas, like Ange Postacoglu. Darren Kale uh, in tennis, and now this this guy, yeah. um, Eddie was fantastic when you know he was at the front, but the media hated him. Um, I'm just wrapped his back. So I'm interested in the Wallabies, and probably haven't been interested for the last five years. So. Uh, I'm a bit like that too, uh, Darren. And that was the question that I asked him. You know, there was a, a stage where they were very much at the forefront of all of our you know, sporting loves, but they sort of dropped off the. The map a little bit, and I think he'll give them some relevance again and uh, to massive year for rugby this year. So <clears throat> we'll watch and see how it all unfolds. Thanks for giving us a call. You're in the running for the Toyota Hilux Rogue, as is Maddie from Mount Waverley, who's rung through. G'day, Maddie. G'day, boys. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the Hawks. So I think, in my mind, uh, top eight's the, the pass mark, and anything on the fringe of that is the near pass. So I think uh, Sammy Mitchell identified that the ageing list wasn't probably going to be able to deliver to their game plan and was just going to hold them back. I think the only thing that uh, holds up that, that footy team is the uh, loss of Mitchell Lewis and how how quick can he come back and how well he can come back as well as the on-field leadership because uh, at times they'll have some moments where things are a little bit dicey and back in the days, uh, I think when the Hawks started the rebuild with the likes of Luke Hodge and Mitchell, they still had some senior heads to guide them through it and that's the only part for me that, that uh, is a question mark. But other than that, top eight. All right, uh, Christine's text mm-hmm. through and she agrees. Uh, just in or just out of the eight. So let's put you back in your box, uh, Crispy. Has it? <laughs> yes, if has. you say so, I agree with you. Um, they had eight wins last season. Yeah. Uh, they played top eight sides ten times. So they had a reasonably tough draw last year too. Um, How many wins did the Eagles have last year? Uh, well, I've got them as it's two. Did I get that right or not? I had them as they had two, two g- wins for the year. They had two. Maybe I've missed one somewhere, but they didn't win many games last year, the West Coast Eagles. I looked at the draw. That's what I did, a nuffy sort of footy fan <laughs> thing over the break. Did I got bored. You went real I went back and looked style. at all their draws last year. Do you know what? What? Essendon and St Kilda, yeah. based on sides that finished in the top eight, they had the toughest draws last year, both those clubs. Who did? Essendon played top eight sides – in the first 10 rounds of the last season. The eventual top eight sides. Uh, yeah, but the eventual top eight sides in the first 10 rounds of the ga- uh, of the season. And that's why, like, we, we don't have a draw. We have a fixture. Yeah. And uh, it's determined by where you finish the previous year. So it can de- – obviously, it can determine where you might finish at the end of the year too. If you get a softer draw, I mean, you can end up being one of those bottom eight type sides. It doesn't always – sometimes you look at your draw and you go, oh, I've got a soft draw. And then one of those teams that you thought was soft – like Collingwood mm. last year, mm. they weren't soft. Do you, who do you think is the easy team? To, who do you think will be yeah. the bottom of the table team this season? Off the top of your head. Oh, I don't, you know I don't do this. I know stuff. you don't do this stuff until the end of the year. But who, <laughs> who, right now, I'm asking you, who do you think is going to be the 18th best side in the competition? I'll give you. I'll give you four teams. Okay, Hawthorne, Adelaide, Giants, North Melbourne. Oh, you can throw the Giants in there as a bottom four side. Yeah. Okay. Who was your other one? No, they're the four teams. They're your four teams. Oh, you teams. had the Giants in there? No, I didn't. They're your four teams. Well, I only gave you one team. No, Do I you- gave you the other three just to help you because you were struggling. 